Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Gimel. I'm going to go from the da- bottom of daf Beis, I'm with Beis, to B. Um, we were discussing the case of the Mishnah and how to, how to learn the exact case. The Mishnah said that if you have an egg that's laid on Yom Tov, Beis Shammai say you can eat it, it's not Mukta, and Beis Hillel say, yeah, or we'll see, that's, the assumption is it's Mukta, and Beis Hillel say that you can't eat it. And we said, we're trying to work out what's the case, why would... What case would it, what's the Machloikas based on? So the first suggestion, we, um, again, and a, a primary, the, the question was based on, if you hold that it's a chicken that's there to be eaten, well then the egg is like food that comes from food. So why would Beis Hillel say you can't use it? And if it's a chicken that's meant for laying eggs, I said the chicken is actually mukta because it's osur, then why would you, why would Beis Shammai say that you can eat the eat the egg. So the first answer we gave was Rav Nachman, and he says, Einachinami, Beishamai hold that there is no such, no concern for Muktza, none of these Muktza and Noilad are not Osur, they're not factors, and Beishilal hold like Rabbi Yudha that no, there is Muktza and uh, there is Muktza and there is Noilad. By the way, when we were discussing Rav Nachman, we pointed out an interest, according to this way of learning, there's an interesting difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov. On Yom Tov, we go stricter with Muktza. We would paskin like Beis Hillel that an egg laid on Yom Tov is Osur because of Muktza and Noilad. And if you go and um, whereas on Shabbos, we go more lenient. And we explained the reason is because Muktza people are naturally more careful on Shabbos because it's more restrictive. So they didn't need the added stringency of these types of Muktza. Whereas according on Yom Tov, since you can already cook and carry and a whole and a range of malachas, we are stricter. We're stricter. That's uh, Rav Nachman's approach to understanding the Mishnah. The second approach we did yesterday to understanding the Mishnah was Rabbah. We said that Rabbah says there's an issue of hachana. What does that mean? You're only allowed to prepare for a for a Yom Tov or a Shabbos on a weekday. Um, the one I didn't get much clarity on this. I was just looking through uh, some halachas and I couldn't find much. There is the general isur of hachana, which means you're not allowed to prepare on Shabbos on on, a, on Shabbos for a weekday or for Yom Tov, or, or at least for a weekday, and you're not allowed to prepare on Yom Tov for a weekday. Sorry about that. Um, so on, so you're not allowed to prepare for to a weekday. But preparing from holy to chol, that actually touches on, um, like you brought in Ronen, understanding Eruv Tavshilin. We'll see it's a machlokes, why there is Eruv Tavshilin, and it ties up with this um, understanding of Hachana. But either way, Rabbah holds, it is Osur, um, Rabbah holds, it's Osur to prepare from Kodesh to Kodesh. So if, and he also holds, that an egg is completed in the chicken the day before it's laid. So an egg, um, so an egg laid on Yom Tov, which follows Shabbos. Yeah, we have to add in that um, an egg which on laid on Yom Tov, which follows Shabbos, was completed on Shabbos. So it is something that was prepared on the on Kodesh for Kodesh, whereas Rabbi holds you can only have it on Kodesh. So those were the two opinions we saw yesterday. And now we're going to go on to two more very similar opinions, but two, two more opinions. So it's the bottom of uh, Beis Amud Beis, 
to be. Um, Rav Yosef Omar, Rav Yosef says, Gezeir, um, Gezeir Mishum You can't eat this egg that's laid on Yom Tov because it's Gezeir is similar to fruit that falls off a tree. It's very similar conceptually, an egg that falls out of chicken to an apple that falls off an apple tree on Yom Tov. And just as you're not allowed to eat the apple that falls off the apple tree on Yom Tov, so too you're not allowed to eat the eat the egg. Rashi points out, we're obviously, dis- we're dis- according to Rabbi Yosef, we're discussing a chicken that is omeres la'chila, that is there for eating. We're not discussing, so it's not a concern on muktzah. Muktzah is not the problem. It's this, it's this gezeira that you might come to, I'll have a minute, it's a gezeira that you might come to eat fruit that's hanging from the ground. So now, Omer le'abai, abai says to him, peris hanoshim tamamai. What's the reason you're not allowed to eat fruit that fell off a tree on Shabbos or Yom Tov? What's the reason? It's because you might then go and pick some of the fruit, which is an Isidorais of harvesting. So again, so this that you're not allowed to eat the fruit that fell off the tree on Yom Tov is only a Xayra that you might come to pick the fruit. So Abayah says, He go for Xayra, but I don't know, says, wait, that's so, it's a gzaira that you're not allowed to eat the fruit that fell off the tree because you might come to eat it. We're making a gzaira that you're not allowed to eat an egg that was laid because you might come to eat the fruit that was, that, that fell off the tree, which itself is only a gzaira. And we have a general principle that we don't make a gzaira le gzaira. Um, Rashi explains, he says, Oh, so he doesn't say it, yeah. Um, but we, we have a principle that you don't make one gazera to protect the gazera. The gazera is there to protect the Isur Doraisa, and therefore there's no read for Chazal to come along and institute another um, haloch, another gazera, another negative commandment to stop you doing a Isur uh, a So the Gemara says, no, Kula Chad he it's all one gazera. What does it mean it's all one gazera? So Rashi explains. It's not a gazera you're not allowed to eat from an egg that laid because you might come to eat from an egg that, from a fruit that fell off a tree. When they voted and decided to make this gazera against fruit that fell off a tree on Yom Tov, it was in, included in that was a beitza. Even though there's no concern of picking, that doesn't included in the because it's very similar to a fruit that I guess detaches itself from its source. So what's Rav Yo- so in short, what is Rav Yosef's understanding of the Mishnah? Firstly, we're not discussing mukta, we're discussing an animal that a, a chicken that is set to be eaten. Then therefore the egg that is laid from it is food that's coming from food. Oh, why do Basilal hold its osir? Because Chazal came along and made a broad gezerah that any is, anything that is like a fruit falling off a tree is osir. Anything that's fruit detaching itself, food detaching itself from its source is osir. And it's, I mean, the reason they made it was based on you might come to pick from the, if you can pick up fruit from the ground, that was 
that fell there on Yom Tov, you might come to pick from the tree, but they, they just made it as a broad category, Gezeira, that it's always a concern. So now Rabbi Yitzchak, oh, now we go on to the fourth explanation. Rabbi Yitzchak, Omar, Gezeira, Mishum, Mashkin, Shezovu. No, it's a Gezeira based on um, liquids that flow. Uh, if you have fruit and juice flows from it automatically, that is, it's a Gezeira, you're not allowed to drink that food, that juice. You're not allowed to use that juice on Yom Tov. says, Omar, Leia, Baye, Mashkin, Shezovu, Taim, Amai. So Baye says, but what's the reason you're not allowed to have fruit that um, juice from that flowed from fruit automatically. Obviously, we know you're not allowed to do schita. I don't want to go into the laws of schita now, but you're not allowed to squeeze fruit to get the juice out. It's a told or it's called mafarek or a told of dash. You would not be allowed to do that. But here, the fruit came out by itself. So what's the problem? So he says, no, gzeira shema yischot. It's gzeira that you might come to squeeze it. Now he go for gzeira. So wait, it is gzeira itself. And are we going to come and make gzeira to this gzeira? We going to, Chazal are going to come along and say, you're not allowed to have an egg that is very similar came from the chicken itself. That it was absorbed in the chicken and now it's out the chicken. It's like the fruit juice that was absorbed in the fruit and now it's out the fruit. But that itself is only exaira. So now we make an exaira that you can't have this egg on Yom Tov because you might come to have fruit that flowed from itself, which is itself exaira that you might come to squeeze fruit. So the Gemara answers, no very kula chad exaira. He knows it's all one exaira. And as Rashi explained before, it's, it's, it's in the one category. You're not allowed to have the, the, the general wording of the exaira is. You're not allowed to have something that flow that comes out of what it's absorbed in. And whether it's fruit juice or whether it's an egg from a chicken. And again, the reason behind the Xayra given is because you might come to squeeze the juice. But the technicalities would include an egg coming from a chicken. Now, we, So we've had four different opinions of how to understand this machloikes, um, to how to understand the Mishnah. And now we're going to discuss why do they each prefer their pshats. It says, Kulak Rav Nachman loy omru ki kushan. None of them learn like Rav Nachman because of their kasha. Well, let's quickly go through them. So remember, Rav Nachman was, it's a, Beis Shammah will say, we don't hold for Mukta. And Beis Hillel say, we do hold for Mukta. And Rabbah hold, it's because of a problem of preparation. It was, it's an egg of Shabbos next, the primary isur would be Shabbos next to Yom Tov. So the egg was finished on Shabbos, therefore the preparation was on Shabbos for Yom Tov, which is Osur. And that's. And then once we ban that sort of case, we ban all cases of an egg laid on Shabbos and Yom Tov. And then Rav Yosef was, it's included in the Xera of fruit that fell from a tree on Yom Tov. And Rabbi Yitzhak says it's included in the Xera of juice that flowed from a fruit on Shabbos Yom Tov. So those are the four opinions. Now we say none of them hold like Rav Nachman because of the question we asked. On Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman was, was set up the case to be mukta. He said the discussion is an egg that was that of a chicken that was not meant to be eaten, so it is mukta. So we asked Rav Nachman, we said, if it's teaching the case of the egg, let it just teach the case of the chicken. We said, no, it wants to teach us how far Beis Shammai disregard mukta that they're not even concerned about noilad. So we said, okay, so, but then we should rather teach how far Beis Hillel go, that they're even concerned not only about Noilad, but also this regular Mukta. So why, uh, so that's the, and then we said, okay, fine, so it should have taught a chicken and its egg. 
Okay? So I don't want to go through the whole flow again, but that's the basic flow. So again, according to Rab Nachman, if your explanation of the mission is correct, it would have made sense for the Mishnah to say, it and its egg. The chicken and its egg can be eaten according to Beis Shammai and are also according to Beis Hillel. So that's the kasha on Rab Nachman. Again, it's not a strong enough kasha to refute Rab Nachman, but it's strong enough for them to say, look, that does, we don't think that's how to understand the Mishnah. The others also don't hold for Rabba because they don't they don't have this concern of preparation. I think that means the Isur is to prepare specifically from weekday from Shabbos or Yom Tov to Chol, but not necessarily from Yom Tov to Chol. I don't know. There was maybe that was the aspect of. Preparation, or maybe the aspect of preparation is who says that the egg is considered complete and prepared on a Friday, on, on the Shabbos, that it's now also on Yom Tov, which is Sunday. Okay, but that's, uh, but again, they don't hold for this concept of Hachana. Ella, Rav Yosef, my time, Why doesn't Rav Yosef hold like Rav Yitzchak? Again, Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzchak were very similar. Rav Yosef was, it's included in the Xero of. You can't pick fruit that fell off the tree on Yom Tov. So you can't pick this egg that was pick up and eat this egg that was laid on Yom Tov. And you also, um, and Rav Yitzchak held, no, it's from the thing you can't have liquids that flow, uh, that flowed from a fruit on Yom Tov. So too, you can't have an egg that flowed from what it's absorbed in. So he says, El Rav Yosef, my time along with Rav Yitzchak, so amalacho, beitza oicheles, upeiros oichla. Rav Yosef doesn't hold for Rav Yitzchak who said that the reason is the fruit because that it's juice that flowed from the fruit because the peros is food and the egg is food which is excluding liquids which are not a, flu, a food. Ah, you can't say there's a xayra against having liquids that, that, that came out of a fruit on Yom Tov, Yom Tov and Shabbos. That can't apply to an egg which is food. And what's the reason that Rav Yitzchak doesn't go like Rav Yosef? He says, no, the egg is more similar to the liquids because the liquids are absorbed in the fruit and the egg is absorbed in the chicken. It says, you can't compare that to fruit that's visible there on the tree. So it's just because there's a xayra that you might, if you pick up fruit off the ground, you might pick fruit off the tree. Maybe that's specifically because it's right there in front of your face and visible. But if it's not visible like an egg that's absorbed in, you wouldn't necessarily make the, you wouldn't extend the xayra. So it's more similar to the case of fruit. Okay, so that in short, that is the Gomorrah's discussion of these four opinions and why they each don't learn with each other. Two points on them. One is, what would you call an egg? You crack open the egg. Is it a solid or a liquid? Could be a liquid. So interestingly, Rav Shechter points out, I've heard this a few times in his name. I haven't seen it in his Sefer, but I've heard a few times in his name. He points out that the, the halachic definition of a liquid and a solid are different to the definition of food and drink. Food is something that you can eat for satiation, and drink is something that you have for thirst. And therefore, there are a few interesting ones that would be clearly liquid, but would probably fall into the category of food. For example, let's say an egg, you can say soup. You don't drink soup, you eat soup. So soup, even though it's a liquid, halachically could qualify as a food. 
again, I'm not pascaling here. I'm just uh, bringing out this interesting uh, point. Um, another example could possibly be something like whiskey. You don't have whiskey for thirst. You have whiskey for the experience. And therefore, a whiskey might actually clar um, qualify as uh, food. What would be a difference? So the difference could be the shear you say an after bracha on. We know if you eat a kazais of food, you say an after bracha. But it might, it might be that you have to have a, a revius of liquid to say an after bracha. So what would you, what, how much soup do you have to have to say an after bracha? Okay, that's a very interesting discussion that would touch on this point here, that we're saying an egg is considered food and not drink. You're right, it's, even though it's liquid, it's still considered food. Um, Yeah, and one other question is, if you notice, we didn't ask, why don't Rabbi and Rav Nachman learn like Rav Yosef or Rav Yitzchak? We mentioned, why, do, why does Rav Yosef, Rav Yitzchak and Rabbi not learn like Rav Nachman? And we mentioned why none of them learn like Rabbi. But we don't mention why Rabbi and Rav Nachman don't learn like Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzhak. So I think the two answers is either they could each, whether you say like Rav Yosef or you say like Rav Yitzhak, they could refute it the same. They say the egg is not similar to, the, to liquid coming out of a fruit as its food. And an egg is not similar to, food, uh, to fruit falling off a tree because it's absorbed in the chicken. It's not visible in front of your face. And that could be one answer. I was thinking also, where do you see to get to extend the gazera? The gazera is that you can't have fruit that fell on the ground because you might come to pick it off the tree. The gazera is you can't have fruit, a juice that flowed from a fruit because you might come to squeeze the fruit. How can you just come, where do they see, where does Rav, Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzchak see that you can extend it? So maybe that's why it's, it's pretty obvious why Rav Nachman and Rabba wouldn't learn like um, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yitzhak. Now we're going to just bring that Rav, um, Rabbi Yochanan seems to hold like... Sorry, Rabbi, sorry, can I, can I ask yes. a quick question? So, in other words, you have to say that Beit Shammai didn't hold... Uh, I mean, in, in Rabbi Yitzhak and... Uh, was it uh, Rabbi... Uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yosef. Uh, Rabbi Yosef. Sorry. That, that he didn't hold of Nafarek um, or... Uh, of squeezing no, of, uh, so I would say, yeah. Actually, I, I, um, I never looked that up, but what I would say is that Beishamai hold for the Gezeira that you can't eat a fruit that fell off a tree. They just ho don't hold for the extension that Rav Yosef wants to make that it also applies to an egg that fell out of a chicken. Simil maybe similar to what I'm saying. Like he could say, like Rav Yitzha, where do you see to extend the Gezeira like that? Or where do you see, how can you say that the egg is similar to the fruit of the tree when the egg is absorbed in the chicken and not, um, and not visible? Or similarly, if you want to learn like Rav Yitzchak, Beishamai will say, where do you see to extend the xayra of fruit that flowed from a fruit, which is because you might come to squeeze the fruit to an to an to a egg coming from a chicken. You're never going to squeeze the chicken to try to get the egg out. I don't even know if that would fall into Skrita. So I think that they would, Beishamo, I, I don't know in actual fact whether Beishamai agree to those Xeras or not, but I think we could easily say that Beishamai do agree to those Xeras, they just don't hold for these extensions. Um, now we're going to show which one Rabbi Yochanan goes like. So Rabbi Yochanan also went like Rabbi Yitzchak. 
Why? This is the Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi, Rami, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Umashni. Rabbi Yochanan raised the contradiction between two teachings of Rabbi Yehuda and he answered them. Basically, how the, the proof is going to work as follows. We're going to bring two teachings of Rabbi Yehuda, which Rabbi Yochanan explains them in a way that contradict each other. Which is quite interesting. That I mean, we're going to see over the page that there are other ways you could explain the the two teachings of Rabbi Yehuda. But the way that Rabbi Yochanan explains the two teachings of Rabbi Yehuda create a contradiction. But we also, through that, we're going to see what Rabbi Yochanan holds in Rabbi Yehuda, which will clarify what how Rabbi Yochanan learns our Mishnah. So that's the structure of this. And then, obviously, Rabbi Yochanan is going to resolve the contradiction. But for us, the key point to focus on is how Rabbi Yochanan explains the two different teachings of Rabbi Yehuda to create the contradiction. So, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, You're not allowed to do schiton fruit to get the liquid out of them. If they flow from themselves, then they would be asur. Okay, that's the Xayr we just mentioned. You're not allowed to have fruit from that juice that flows from fruit because you might come to squeeze the fruit. Rabbi Yehuda, Oimei, Rabbi Yehuda says, Im If the fruit is there to be eaten, mutar. Then what comes out of them is mutar. Osur. And if it is there to for drinking, then the liquids that come out of them is osur. Uh, if you have a, I don't know, a bowl of grapes and some juice cut, now, for eating, you serve them for dessert, and you want, everyone is expecting to eat the grapes. And some of the juice flows out of them. Even if you drink that juice, doesn't you're not more likely to come and squeeze more grapes because those grapes are there for eating. That's the distinction Rabbi Yehuda makes. But if those grapes are in a in a bowl and you're going to use them, you're going to squeeze them to make grape juice after Shabbos. Well, then if you're allowed to have the juice you, or take the juice, you might come to squeeze them. So Rabbi Yehuda limits the gazera of you might come to squeeze it. It says, Alma, what do we see? Call Eichlin le Rebbe Yehuda uchle dafartahu. When you're looking at food, according to Rebbe Yehuda, it's just considered food that's separated from food. I, this liquid, um, yeah, in, uh, I'll rephrase it totally differently. Rebbe Yehuda's learning this gazera that you can't have juice that comes from a, flows from a fruit on Shabbos Yontav is very limited to when you're likely to come to squeeze it. So keep in mind that he's limited it and narrowed it. And therefore, once he's limited and narrowed it, we definitely would not apply it to an egg that comes from a chicken. If Rabbi Yudha is saying, when you have food, a fruit, and actual fruit juice comes out of it, but you are planning on eating that fruit, then the juice is okay. Well, then definitely by an egg that comes from a chicken, he would hold that that egg doesn't fall into this gazera. Says very minimal, but we find a contradiction. Now, just before we go into the contradiction, there the mission is discussing how to make an Eruv when you have two days Rosh Hashanah. Now, the problem is because the food has to be, you need a meal for each of the days, etc. Don't want to go into the technicalities of the of the Eruv, but it comes out from there that Rabbi Yehuda holds, just like we say on Yom Tov, we have two days Yom Tov. One day is a weekday and one day is a festival. We're just not sure which one is which. I, either the first day is Yom Tov and the second day is then Cholamoid, or the first day is a weekday and the next day is Yom Tov. Um, so, that's, so Rabbi Yehuda holds the same thing by Rosh Hashanah. Unlike us, we view both days Rosh Hashanah as definitely Rosh Hashanah. Almost one long Yom Tov day. But Rabbi Yehuda views them as two separate days like a regular Yom Tov. And therefore, 
it's going to discuss, um, we're going to bring in two halachic ramifications of that. So he says, Further, says, A person can make a condition of separating trumas and masras from a basket of fruit on the first day of Yom Tov, and then he would be allowed to eat it on the second day. Why? If you have produce that you can't eat it because you need to take trumas and masras, you're not allowed to separate trumas and masras on Shabbos Yom Tov, you're not Tzegzeira. But... On the first day of you can say to that basket, you can say, this is the truma for that basket if today is w- the weekday or if tomorrow is the weekday. And then the following day, on the second day of you can definitely have it. Because either yesterday was a weekday and you separated trumas and masras yesterday, or yesterday was Yomtev, but the truma and masras were separated today. So that's the condition you can make. Again, because one day is Yomtev, one day is Chol, when you have two days Rosh Hashanah. According to Rabbi And so to an egg that is laid on the first day, you can eat it on the second day. Again, either way, if the first day was Yom Tov, well then today's weekday, so you can eat it. Or if yesterday, the first day was actually weekday, well the egg was laid on the weekday, obviously you could have it on today, which is Yom Tov. So Manafshach, either way, you could eat it. So that's Rabbi Yehuda holds, but now he makes a deal. Bashani in Berishon law. We see you can eat it on the second day, but not on the first day. I, an egg that is laid on Yom Tov, is Osur. Now, again, Rabbi Yochanan, now, it's not so clear it's a contradiction, except for the fact that, clearly, Rabbi Yochanan told us these two teachings are contradictory. What was the first teaching? That Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned about juice that flows from a fruit, or how we learnt it would not be concerned about an egg that comes from a chicken. Whereas in the second teaching, Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi Yehuda is concerned. So just as in the first one, the reason he is not concerned is because he doesn't extend the xera of juice that flows from fruit. Must be saying that in the first one, he is concerned for the xera of fruit that flows um, juice that flows from fruit would be would apply to an egg as well. So um, so, so therefore we we have that contradiction. And therefore Rabbi Yochanan says you have to switch the opinions around. I the mission of Schitter, you have to say that Rabbi Yehuda is the strict one and the Tanakama is the lenient one. And by the fact that he taught them as a contra- contradiction, which I think you have to say it's for the same reason. So how's Rabbi Yochanan learning Rabbi Yehuda in the end? He's saying Rabbi Yehuda holds you cannot eat an egg that was laid on Yom Tov. And what's the reason? Because it's the same as fruit juice that flowed from a fruit. Again, you have to keep that one, even though it's not clear from the teachings, you have to, by the fact that Rabbi Yochanan says they are contra- contradict- contradictory, must be because they stem from the same reason. Otherwise, it wouldn't be contradictory. Um, the case of the f- juice from the fruit and the case of the egg from the chicken. Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda says they're contradictory, must be they're from the same source of Osir. Now we're just going to mention that there are other ways to resolve that contradiction. Again, this was all Rabbi Yochanan's way of learning. We now, by the way, are going to mention other ways of resolving the contradiction. Or, Ravina says, don't fix the Mishnah and say that it's Rabbi Yehuda who went strict and said you can never eat the fruit juice that flows from fruit and it's the Rabbonin who said it depends whether it's fruit for eating or fruit for squeezing. 
says, And Rabbi Yehuda is responding to the rabbis. He says, He could be saying, According to me, even on the first day it's permitted, It's food that came from food. The egg from the the juice from the chicken or the egg from the fruit. But according to you, sorry, yeah, this egg that came from the chicken, according to me, is mutar. It's food from food. Why can't you have this egg that was laid on Yom Tov? But according to you, the sages, who it is a problem, at least agree to me that on second day Rosh Hashanah, you can have this egg that was laid on first day Rosh Hashanah because it's two separate days. One of those days is really a weekday. Says for Omri Lei Rabbonon, and the Rabbonon replied to Rebuda, Loi Kedusha Achasi, it's actually only one Kedusha. So that's, um, and therefore you can't, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's one Kedusha, and, and therefore. It's, you can't say one of the days are weekday and one of the days are Shabbos and therefore this egg on the second day is definitely mutar because either it was laid on a weekday or it was laid on Yom Tov and today is a weekday. You can't do that because it's one long Yom Tov day. So that's how the Rabbonin responds to Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore we see that they're not a contrary. You can keep everything the same. You just say Rabbi Yehuda in the case of the egg is not saying from his perspective. He's saying from your perspective Rabbonin. A, um, this how it should flow. Ravina Braid Rav Ula Omar. Ravina Braid Rav, Rav Ula gives a different answer. He says, "Hacha betanagol somewhere is lekado beitzim veribiuda the time of the islam mukta." Says, "No, the case here is with the chicken that is for raising eggs." I remember we said, and there Rabbi Yehuda is going according to his opinion that there is a problem of mukta. We know Rabbi Yehuda is concerned about mukta, and obviously then definitely be concerned about noilad. So that's why you can't eat this. Um, That's why you can't eat this chicken, um, this egg on Yom Tov, because it's mukta. Whereas the fruit was made for eating, so the juice that flows from it is not mukta. That's so. Again, um, why are we bringing this? Because Rabbi Yochanan raised a contradiction between the two teachings of Rabbi Yehuda, and he resolved the contradiction. But we saw from how Rabbi Yochanan learns the contradiction that it must be based on the same reason. And Rabbi Yochanan, that reason was that Rabbi Yochanan says an egg coming from the chicken is the same as fruit juice coming from fruit, which he holds is a gazera drambonon. That's the main reason we brought it. And now we just brought other ways to explain those seemingly contradictory points between Rabbi Yochanan, uh, between Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, now we go back to our discussion of the four opinions of how to learn our Mishnah. So, Meisivay, do they all make sense? He says, Echod. And in this discussion, we're going to touch on some major principles in uh, what's called in Bittel. When do we say an atom is nullified? We know that the Orisa, the general principle is that if you have one non-kosher atom and three kosher atoms, we say, chad betray bottle. Something is, one in a majority is bottle. So, um, there are bon on their added factors. We'll touch on some of them in the sugya, but that's, this, this sugya is going to bring up some major concepts in that discussion. So it says, whether you have an egg that was laid on Shabbos or whether it was laid on Yom Tov. You can't pick it up 
neither to use as like a lid to cover something, nor to lean a bed on it. Was, at first glance, I was thinking, you know, how do you lean a bed on an egg? It sounds like a very silly idea. But then I remembered, I don't know if you ever tried, but it's, it's actually very hard. Um, to, if you have the egg, if you take the egg sideways, like how it would lie, it actually cracks very easily. But if you stand it upright, you can actually squeeze it very, very hard in your hands and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't crack. So maybe you've got a, for some reason you've got a big, uh, the one leg of the bed is significantly shorter so you can put the egg upright under the bed and it will hold it up. But either way, you're not allowed to move the egg to support a kli. It says, You can put a kli over the egg so that it doesn't break. But either way, what are the main, I'll come back to that line, an interesting point on that line. But either way, what do we see? This egg that's laid on Shabbos and Yom Tov is treated as muktza. Ein metaltalin. you're not allowed to move it. And then he says, Vesveka asura. And if it's a doubt, it's asur. At the moment, we're assuming that. If you're not sure if it was laid on, Yom, on Shabbos or not. Was it laid Friday Afternoon, or was it later on Friday night? Is it from Shabbos or, or weekday? And further, if they all, if this egg gets mixed in, even in a thousand eggs, they're all osur. You can't get benefit from any of them. Now, just before we go on to how this to how this fits in with the discussion, just want to bring out a few interesting points. Firstly, there's a general halacha. You you can have an item that is not mukta. Let's say a bowl. But you're not allowed to move that bowl to cover something that is mukta. Uh, you wouldn't generally, if you have this egg that's laid on yomtiv, you should not be allowed to pick up a bowl to cover that because you're moving a kli for something that is mukta. An interesting extension on mukta. Not only you're not allowed to move the mukta, you're not allowed to move something else on its behalf. So according to that opinion, you would have to say that what happened here is he was, let's say, clearing the table, so he had a bowl in his hand. Once he had a bowl in his hand, then he's allowed to, um, once it's already in his hand, he's then allowed to take it and cover the egg. He would not be allowed to pick up the bowl to cover the egg, but if the bowl's already in his hand, then he can use it to cover the mukta egg. But even that second halacha that I just mentioned, that if it's already in your hand, you can then move it for a purpose, that's also subject to debate. But that would be the general principle there. And then just the second interesting point... No, let's leave that second interesting point for if we have time a bit later. Now, so what have we said? If you have this egg that you're not sure whether it was laid on Yom Tov or Shabbos, sorry, you're not sure, let's just speak in Shabbos, or let's just speak in Yom Tov because we're in Maseches Yom Tov. Um, You're not sure whether it was laid on the weekday or on Yom Tov. Or that egg got mixed in with with thousands of other eggs. They're all osur. It makes sense according to Rabbah who learns the Isra of the Mishnah is because of Hachona. Have a It is a Sofek Doraisa. Because remember, we learned from the Posuk that, that you can only prepare from weekday to Yom Tov or weekday to Shabbos, not from Shabbos to Yom Tov or Yom Tov to Shabbos. Because Fekadoraisa Lechumra. And any Sofek Doraisa, you should go strict. So that makes sense. And Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzchak to Omri Mishum Gzaira, who said it's only a Gzaira. It's a Sofek Rabbonon. 
This egg, this egg, why is this egg Osir? Because maybe it's, it falls into the Xayra of having four, like fruit that fell from a tree, or maybe it falls into the Xayra of, depends whether you learn like Rabbi Yosef or Rabbi Yitzhak, or juice that flowed from a fruit. But it's only a Xayra Drabonan. And what happens when you, so you're not sure whether it was laid on Erev Yom Tov or on Yom Tov. It's a Sofek Drabonan. And any time you have a Sofek Drabonan, you can go lenient. I, again, so according to them, if you're not sure whether this egg was laid on Erev Yom Tov or on Yom Tov, you should be allowed to have it out of Sofek. And um, just interestingly here, the Tosos Yashonim ask, he says, but wait, what about Rav Nachman? We haven't mentioned Rav Nachman. Why do we only ask? The, Rav Nachman said the concern, remember, Beis Shammai, hold, don't, hold, don't hold for Mukta, and Beis Hillel do hold for Mukta. So he says, fascinating answer. He says, Aval Rav Nachman, lo poruch. We're not asking according to Rav Nachman. It's only a question on Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzhak. The Mukta Chamira, Mukta is very strict. Vahaveka ain Doraisa, and it is similar to a Doraisa. Mukta, in certain aspects, has the same halacha as a Doraisa. And um, that's the Tosas Yashanim here. There might be other answers, but that's the one I saw here. Um, not just to highlight once, I mean, there's so many Gezeiras and so many Darabonans discussed in this Masechta, so it's important to note, we kind of lump all Isurei Darabonan together. There's Isurei things from the Torah and things, Gezeiras, Isurim from the Torah and Isurim from Chazal. But actually, there's a very broad spectrum in Darabonans, like we just see here. Mukze in some ways, is so strict, it's like a Doraitha. These ones aren't so strict. They would be there are many different levels of Isurei Durabonon. Some are some require more to push them aside, and some are lighter level Isurei Durabonon. Some are based on psukim, which would make them stronger. Some are novel novel for whatever reason, Chazal so necessary, and therefore they would be more lenient. But that's uh, important to keep in mind with Isurei Durabonon that there are those that are stricter and more lenient. Um, okay. So we have a kasha on Rav Yosef and let's get back to our Gomorrah. We have a kasha on Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzhak. The Bryce says that an egg that is a sofek, whether it's osur or not, whether it was laid on Yom Tov or not, is osur, which would only make sense if it's doraisa, because sofek doraisa lechumra, when you have a ish, when you have a doubt in a Torah law, you go strict, but when you have a doubt in a rabbinic law, you go lenient. So, so the Gomorrah says no. Um, Sefer Asa and the Sofek Trefer. No, the last case where it says a Sofek is actually discussing an egg laid from a Trefer chicken. An egg is only kosher if it's laid from a kosher chicken. If the chicken has some sort of injury that makes it a Trefer that you can't eat it, even if you shecht it, then it would be, it's an Osur Doraisa, it's a non-kosher egg. And therefore that's why it's Sofek is Osur. Um, interesting, Rashi points out, so, so how can we just switch from discussing an egg laid on Yom Tov to an egg laid by a chicken, by a chicken that's a trefer? So he says the common denominator is we're discussing eggs that are laid that are also to eat. That's how, that's how Rashi explains it. So then he says, oh, yeah, I'm a safer. But what about the second case? If it gets mixed in a thousand, they're all also. It says, That fits very well if you say that the case that's being discussed is it's a doubt whether the egg was laid on the weekday or Yom Tov. Because it will become permitted. And anything that will be permitted is never bottled. I'll come back to explain this real. If you say it's a doubt whether this egg was laid by a trefer chicken, 
Well, then it never it will never become permitted. V'tiftol beruba it should be bottle berov. Right, so we've introduced, as I mentioned right at the beginning, the standard Allah is that any item is bottle berov. If you have an egg that is non-kosher, a tray for egg, and it's mixed with two other eggs, it's bottle berov. Whereas Althing said if you have one egg that's mixed in with a thousand, it's problematic. A, 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 a rabbinic exception to this rule is something that's called a dovereshi something that will become permitted. Rashi says if you have an item, for example, this egg that's laid on Shabbos or Yom Tov, it's also today. But on Motzei Shabbos, Motzei Yom Tov, it becomes permitted. So there's no need to rely on bottle barov. Just wait a few hours and it's muto. So he says there we don't rely on bittel. Or another example, any item that's mukta. You can't say a oh, muktzah gets mixed in with something else. It should, it's all treated as muktzah because it's yeshul material. Motzei Shabbos, it becomes permitted. Um, I don't want to go into the full discussion of Dovish Yeshua material, but that's the general guideline. Anything that will automatically become permitted at a later stage or shortly is considered you don't rely on Bittul Barov. Um, so therefore, if you learn this is the problem is the Durabonon, and that's why we, if you learn we're discussing a Trafer egg, it will never be muta, so it should be bottle barov. But if you learn we're discussing Isuturabonon uh, of Shabbos and Yom Tov, an egg that was late, it's a problem because of Hachana, like Rabbi said, or Muktza, like Rabbi Nachman said. Well, then, sorry, not Muktza, like Rabbi Nachman. Like Rabbi said, yeah, Muktza, like Rabbi Nachman, it'll become muta after Yom Tov, so it explains why it's not bottled. So we, so, yeah, so let's just one, sorry, so the step again. We said that this price seems to be a cash on those who said it's Rabbonin because it says that Sofek is also. Comes along, Rebbe, um, yeah, comes along with the Gomorrah and says, no, we're actually discussing a Sofek trefer. Not a Sofek, whether the egg was laid on Shabbos or Yom Tov, it's actually discussing it. It's a Doraisa, and that's why you have to go strict and say it's also even it out. But then the next point doesn't fit, because the next point says if it's this egg gets mixed in with a thousand eggs, it is also. Now, if you say it's a Dovrashational material, the problem is that it was laid on Yom Tov. It makes sense, because on Motzei Yom Tov, we mutar anyway, so we don't allow it. Um, so we don't rely on Bittul Barov today on Shabbos and Yom Tov. But if you hold it to Sofek Trefer, well, that egg's never going to be mutar, so it should be Bottle Barov. So he says, oh, so now we're going to introduce a new concept, and that's called a Dovor Choshev. If you have certain items are so significant that we say they never bottle. It will come out through this case, but the primary distinction we're going to make in defining a Dovar Choshuv is a machlokes of whether you say an item that is, that is always sold by number. I certain things you buy one at a time, or you always buy it in a set of five, those are considered Choshuv. What about something that is sometimes sold by number, sometimes sold by, guess, by estimate. Um, interesting enough, for them that was eggs. Eggs, it seems, sometimes you'd buy one egg, sometimes you'd buy a dozen eggs, or sometimes you'd buy a packet of eggs of about uh, a basket full of eggs. So it wasn't always sold by number. It was sometimes sold by number, sometimes sold by guess. 
Um, for us, I think eggs would be eggs, um, would be something that is always sold by number. You always buy eggs by the dozen or a half dozen or something. It's always sold by number, so that gives it a chashivus. So an adover chashiv is not bottles. So that's that's what we're going to base the next discussion. It says bottle. Maybe you will say a beitzer is considered chashiv and not bottle. That's why if this egg. That's a trafer gets mixed in with a thousand other eggs. All the eggs are also because it's a double choshev. He says, That's fits in very, in very well with the opinion that says, Anything that is sometimes sold by number is choshev. You see the difference of kol shedarko or es shedarko. But according to the opinion that says es shedarko lemanoshaninu, according to the opinion that says it's specifically something that is only ever sold by counting, that's where it's not bottle. Michael and Maymar, how are you going to explain it? Now we just bring the source for this Machloikas. The Tanan, as you learned in the Mishnah, Mishalach Havilei Tiltin, Shal Kilea Kerim. If someone had um, some sort of beans that were Kilea Kerim, Yidluku, you have to burn them. Um, any fruit, any vegetables grown in a vineyard become Kilea Kerim, and you have to burn them. So you have these beans that were grown in the vineyard, you have to burn them. Nisarvo Bacheres, 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 they get mixed up in one group and even if that group then gets mixed up in another group says you have to burn all of them I these beans are not bottle they bottle one in two hundred because Rabbi Meir hold anything sold exclusively by number becomes Asur Kodesh Kodesh here doesn't mean holy that means it becomes kilayim, and you'd have to burn it. And the Chachamim say, no, there are only six things. And Rabbi Kiva, Oime, Shiva. And Rabbi Kiva says, not six, they're actually seven. And we don't expand it to anything that is sold by number. It's only specific items that are extra choshuv. It says, what are they? So, Eiluhein, these are them. Egoize, prach, nuts from parach, virumone, badan, these pomegranates from badan, the chavios, tumos, sealed barrels of wine, the chalife, tirdin, and these prickly beets, the kilche, kruv, Cab stalks of cabbage with the last of one is Greek gourds. Those are very special produce. This whole discussion whether we extend that to other, the best of the best. I don't know, you get uh, what different types of apples. You get Granny Smith and what's a green crunch and all the different types of apples. So, um, the best type of apple would that be? Would you add that to this list or not? That's a question. But either way, we've listed six items. So Rikiva Moisev Afki Koroshel Balabais. Rikiva says also homemade bread. Says Haroila Orla. If any of these produce could be Orla, Orla. If they get mixed in with other items, the whole uh, the whole mixture would be considered Orla. Haroila Klea Kerem. If some of these items, either vegetable ones, become Klea Kerem. The grain and vegetables, then kilea kerem. The whole mixture would be kilea kerem. Again, fruit can become orla, vegetables and grains can become kilea kerem. But either way, these items in the list would not be bottled in a mixture. Says va'omar, va'itmar, ola rabbi yochanan. Yeah. So, so what do we have? We have a machlokes rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir came along and said something that is sold by number is choshev. The chachamim and rabbi Akiva limited to a very specific list of items. Now he says we taught. It was taught regarding it. Itmar Ola. They said regarding Rabbi Yochanan, Omar Etchitako Limono Shaninu, Rabbi Shimon Ben Lokish, Omar Kolshitako Limono Shaninu. Rabbi Yochanan said, only things sold exclusively by number, and Rabbi Shimon says, no, anything that is sometimes sold by number 
So now, so we see we have this Machloikes, Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish and Rabbi Yochanan, to give something an atom, to give an atom the status of chashivus, that it is not bottle. Is it specifically an atom that is only ever sold by number? Or is it an atom that is sometimes sold by number? I guess oranges, you'll sometimes buy whatever, two oranges, or you'll sometimes buy a bag of oranges with no set number. So, just to estimate. So that's the that's the sort of thing we did. the machloikes Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish and Ahonichel Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish. The our discussion by eggs makes a lot of sense according to Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish because again this egg that's a trafer is choshuv because sometimes eggs are sold by number and therefore it's choshuv and that's why if this trafer egg gets mixed in with other eggs even a thousand it's not bottle. But how are you going to explain it according to Rabbi Yochanan? Again, Rabbi Yochanan says, what gives something chashivus? Only something that is sold exclusively by number. Eggs are sometimes sold by the basket. And therefore, if we go back to our case, you have this tray for egg that gets mixed in with a thousand other eggs. It should be bottle barov. Why would our Mishnah, why would that Mishnah teach that it is not bottle barov? So, so that's my ikilamemer. So Omar of Popper of Popper says, Hi Tana Tana de Litra Ketsiasu. This is the Tana of a litra of dried figs. The Omar called Dober Shebaminyan Afilu Pedrabon and Lod Bottle with Kosher Kain Pedrais. He says, Anything that is sometimes sold um, by number is not bottle, whether it's a Isudorabonon or whether it, and definitely if it's a Isudoraisa. Now, just because of time, I'm not going to read his proof where he brings it. Basically, what he's saying is there's this other opinion. It turns out to be how Rabbi Yehuda explains Rabbi Yeshua, but he says that anything that is sold, sometimes sold by number, it is always, um, it gives it a chashivus, and therefore it would not be bottle. And now we have a now we can understand how they can learn our Mishnah. So just in, in summary to tie this all together. Remember we had four opinions of how to understand our Mishnah. Rabbah and for all, just to kind of fit it in. Rabbah and Rav Yosei and Rav, and Rav Nachman, we kind of saying on Doraisa. But let's stick with Rabbah because that's what the Gemara said. Rabbah said it's Isu Doraisa, which makes sense why... When you have this egg that was laid on Yom Tov, or you're not sure whether it was laid on Yom Tov or not, you go strict. It's Isidor Isa. But according to Rav Nachman and Rav, Yo- Rav Yitzchak and Rav Yosef, it's only Isidor Abon and this egg laid on Yom Tov. So why, if it gets mixed in with, if you're not sure whether it was laid on, Shabbat, on Yom Tov or weekday, is it also, we go lenient by Isidor Abonin, and we answered that you write, that Mishnah is obviously not discussing a doubt whether it was laid on Shabbos and Yom Tov, because that would be okay, because it's only Isidur Abonin. That Mishnah is discussing a Sophic Trefa. It says, are we discussing a Sophic Trefa? Well then, the next line in the Mishnah doesn't make sense, where it discusses if an egg got mixed in with a whole lot of other eggs. If you say it's an egg that is Osur because of something to do with Yom Tov, it makes sense. Because of Motzei Yom Tov, it will be Mutar anyway. And that's the concept of um, something that will become automatically mutar in a, few, in, a, in a short while is not ever bottled. So this egg gets mixed in with a thousand eggs. But if you hold it to a sophic trafer like Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzhak want to learn, it's never bottled. 
So it's never bottle. So we, so basically, in, in answer to that, we said no. An egg is a dovor chashuv. An egg is a significant item, and we know also an exception to the rule of bittul. Again, it's a rabbinic exception, but an exception to the rule of bittul is that any chashuv item is never bottle. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good Shabbos. Uh, have a good Shabbos.